This is the Alternative Airwaves Podcast. Let's go do this one. Attention, all true believers. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. Bring your ear a little closer so you don't miss it. Drop episode 46 of alternative airwaves i'm steve as always and this week i've got something special as you may have heard earlier in the week on the weekly airwave a quick 
preview version of the interview I did with Streets of Hastings. I've got the full length. It's just over uh, 20 minutes, I think, uh, about 26 minutes to be precise. Anyways, that's coming up later in the podcast, so uh, heads up. This is a long one. Uh, you just heard there from Crete, Crete, Crete. I can never spell it, but it, Crate Boom with Evil Brother, and that's from Jimeno.com. And I've got a couple of songs here pulled from freemusicarchive.org. It's got a South by Southwest playlist that you can download, and this is where I got most of them. So here is Justin Towns Earl with Mama's Eyes. I am a father's son. Never known when to shut up I ain't fooling no one I am a father's son We don't see eye to eye I'll be the first to admit I never tried it hurts, but it should hurt sometimes We don't see eye to eye I was a young man when I first found the pleasure in the feel of a sand I went down the same road as my old man But I was younger then It's 3 a.m. and I'm standing in the kitchen Holding my last cigarette Strike a match and I see my reflection in the mirror Say to myself, I've got my mama's eyes, a long thin frame and a smile, and I still see wrong from right. Cause I've got my mama's eyes, yeah, I've got my mama's eyes. Justin Towns Earl, Mama's Eyes, and uh, got the interview coming up in a couple minutes. But first, we'll go to a perfect band name or musician name. I don't know if it's a band or uh, one person, but it's Gringo Star. It says, You Want It. You want it. You want it, and I love it more. Was it weird when I thought y'all
Well, here it is, the interview I did with Streets of Hastings. They're from Rockland, Ontario, which is just outside of Ottawa. About, uh, I think it took me about 45 minutes to get out there from where I live here uh, in Nepean. And they were a good bunch of guys. They probably would have invited me to stay for their party that they were having for the release of their album, Three Streets to the Wind. But I had some other things to do, including cheer for the Ottawa Senators against the Maple Leafs, which... Well, that didn't turn out very well, but we won't talk about that. Anyway, they're, like I said, they're a great bunch of guys, and they've got a CD release party tonight. It's March 23rd, 2012, and yeah, I'm releasing a podcast the same day that they have their release party, but I'll tell you more about that in a little bit after the interview. So for now, yeah, about enjoy Streets of Hastings. My name is Jason. A lot of people know me as Trucker. Um, I'm the bassist for the band. And uh, yeah, a little bit more about that. I guess I'm considered the um, Oreo center to our band. Not to reduce us to a tasty treat, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to talk too much about how we get together. Talk about Phil first. Uh, My name's Phil. I'm definitely the bottom part of that Oreo cookie. Um, I play I play guitar while well, I pretend to play guitar sometimes, and uh, I sing. I, I suppose. Could you call it that? Yeah. Yeah. Some. Are you talking to a microphone? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. What it's do you cool. do? I'm uh, Larry Pate, and everyone calls me Pates. Uh, I play drums, um, boring, and uh, Cajun rubboard, and do a little bit of background singing with Phil and a couple of the Irish songs I sing. He's the top crust of the Oreo. Yeah, I know. She doesn't even want to be part of the Oreo. I never thought of myself as an Oreo cookie. I'm sorry I went there. Freaked out that you're like the meat and Phil and I are the bread, and I really know what's going on. You put yourself there too, man. It was it was a yeah. It was a choice. There was a purpose to the one I said, but then I couldn't. I I have to say, this is probably the first time I've heard a band referred to. Okay, so let me complete the idea. Let me complete the idea. Um, before we all knew each other. I knew Phil because he was a friend of my brother's and I knew that he played music and I was just getting into music and so I was looking for different bands and stuff to get involved with and I got together with these people um, we ended up playing a couple of songs together I wouldn't quite call us a band but anyways Pates was the drummer for this uh, musical project and for different reasons the project kind of collapsed and I went alright well I want to keep going with my musical endeavors um, how do we do this? And so I went, well, I know a drummer, and as far as I can tell, he's pretty good. And I know a guitarist, and from as far as I can tell, I'm pretty good. He's pretty good. I wasn't bad either. Um, and basically the point is that I went, okay, Phil, Larry, you guys meet, we all three play together, we'll go from there. Hence the Oreo analogy. Now you guys are taking it in different directions, and I'm okay with that, because I'm comfortable. He's the creamy but, <laughs> I'm done with my story. I'm also done with talking. So you guys have fun with the rest of this. I'm gonna go get a drink. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I, I, totally mean, do. I think we can move along from the uh, Oreo analogy. Stumbling around the bar, see a girl that's looking good to me. Wait a sec, she ain't a sheep. 
Streets of Hastings. Where does that come from? Um, it's named after the, uh, well, the, the Hastings and Maine down in uh, Lower East Side, Vancouver. Um, a few years ago, I spent uh, a couple of nights down there just more as a, a learning thing. Um, I, uh, I wanted to go down and understand more. I had seen uh, a documentary about uh, the Lower East Side, and uh, I went and spent a couple of nights down there. Um, it had a huge impact on me. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a scary thing to see the amount of uh, um, drug use down there. It's sort of like the skid row of Canada. It's, it's, the, it's the bottom of the barrel, the, the lowest. Um, I met a, a young lady down there who was HIV positive, Hep B, Hep C positive, very outgoing though, seemed to really enjoy life, but just that was sort of the, the hand she was dealt. Um, had people down there look back, and, and you know, people didn't have their heads low, they had, they had them high, um, but it was almost like death was staring you back from their eyes. Um, saw another lady down there who was obviously tweaking on a, on a bad fix, and uh, she was trying to clean the cracks out of the sidewalk. And it was, she was meticulous about a certain area of the sidewalk cleaning. She was very meticulous about, about this, and uh, her fingertips were bleeding. But she was she was trying to clean, trying to clean, even though she was bleeding. It, it was it's very surreal. Um, people in, in door jams, literally with rats around them and crawling over them, and, and needles everywhere. And I, it just was a it, it had an effect um, on me personally. Um, when we came together as a band, you know, a few years after this, um, we were sort of just throwing up band names, and that was one of the names that came up, and, and the, the guys jumped on it right away. It was sort of an idea to bring awareness to this place. It's not just an American problem. I think too many Canadians pass this off as it's an American problem, and it's not. Um, this goes on in our country, and, you know, it was about bringing awareness to that. It's also something that we've uh, we've talked about in our songwriting. I mean, we're releasing our first album today, titled Three Streets, uh, Three Streets to the Wind," and uh, there's a song on there called "31" that specifically talks about that that you know, Maine and Hastings yeah. situation. I scratch the cracks and sidewalks till my fingers bleed. I pick the coat. From my skin until the flesh was dead. I'll see a girl out looking, trading sex for man. She has a heavy and seen her eyes reflective down. I passed the waste and garbage. was going to ask if that has a big influence on your songwriting, too. I mean, absolutely. I, th I think the neat thing about our songwriting is that. You know, one of the things with the band, when we, f we we sort of have this informal constitution, and when we started, we all come from different backgrounds. Um, I tend to be, being from Newfoundland, more into the Celtic stuff. Um, Phil likes more of the kind of rock metal, and Trucker is probably the most open. He's really sort of got this wide variety of music he really enjoys, but it's, it's, it's really different ideas that come to the table. It works for us because, again, when we started the band, it was... We don't say no to anything music-wise. We give it a try. If it's not us, it's okay. And again, that's sort of the musical, for lack of a better term, journey or odyssey with the album. Is is yeah, it starts off very alt-heavy and then ends up sort of very Celtic. And and but it's about that's us. That's that's yeah. So does Hastings have an influence? Sure. But does Newfoundland have an influence? Absolutely. Does Ontario? Absolutely. 
Kelly Ann's an Irish lass who went Catholic mass. She was born and raised in Newfoundland. A fun and pretty girl like no other in this world. She could have had a choice of any man. It was at a summer job that she maybe all heard throb if I said I Well, the cool thing about it is, honestly, if you took all of us individually and just had us launch solo projects, I mean... The type of music we play now would probably not be the first thing that surfaced. I mean, Pates would probably be into something that's a lot more rooted in, in Celtic music. I'd be probably doing something that's a little bit harder in style. Jay'd be doing whatever Jay does. You guys each come from different places musically, so like, what are some of the biggest influential bands? Uh... Let's start with Trucker. That's that's really really difficult to pinpoint. So let's put the spotlight on him just to sure. just to I'm, make it harder. Right? I'm so glad you guys take me into consideration like that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, well, my musical history is not very conventional when it comes to music in general. I don't have the upbringing of a classical pianist or whatever it is. So I started playing music only I'm gonna say four or five years ago. Really not that long ago, and it's kind of funny because I'm now at the point where I'm taking university courses in music. Um, so it's definitely a big jump. But as far as influences are concerned, um, obviously I play bass and my early bass training had to do with jazz and um, I took a, a lot of lessons under a jazz graduate from Carlton U. And um, so it had a lot of focus on bass driving the melody and things like that. And so that's what I look for when I'm looking at music. Obviously, first band that comes to mind is uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Flea does a lot of uh, that work. And I mean, I can go through other bands definitely, but I think the main, I guess, thing that stuck with me that will best explain my style is at one point we were playing down here and we had somebody come over who said, well, in a three piece, because there's so little actually happening instrumentally, um, the bass almost becomes the lead. And I took it not as I need to start, you know, playing a whole bunch of awesome scales and whatnot on the bass, but as a as the support, you have a lot more, I guess, control over how the music is driven, and that's how I've tried to. So my style tries to drive the the, the temperament of the music a lot. Yeah, I agree with that name. I mean, the three piece format, like just a, you know, side note, the three piece format really allows you enough room to get in there. I mean, there's songs where you could you could justify the drums as being the lead instrument simply by what you're doing. Is doing bass I don't even need you guys to twist drums. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> and there's definitely songs like if you if you check out the, the first song off the album, Comfort No More, that's that's entirely 100% driven by bass line. As far as my influences go, they're they're pretty much the polar opposite of, of Trucker, which is kind of interesting when you think about it. I, I started doing classical piano listening to Chopin or Tchaikovsky or, or, or stuff like that, Litz, and you know, playing that, and I, I, I got pretty far with it, and eventually, it got really, really difficult to play Zeppelin on piano. Like, <laughs> really difficult. So, I got into guitar for, for the simple fact, and this is, this is not an exaggeration, I walked into a music store saying, I want to try something different, and they were everywhere. Just hanging off the walls, if you've ever been to a music store, which I'm sure you have. They're, they're just in your face, right? And they're, they're mesmerizing, they're shiny, they're beautiful, they're... <coughs> There's something sexy about guitar. So I, I pick up the guitar and I get into this really technical phase where Trucker kind of met me during the, the tail end of that, where you know, you're playing Metallica, you're going for Van Halen solos, and I really got into the classic rock aspect of it because my dad was into it, and, you know, the, the legends. And I remember when I had an acoustic guitar going, man, I, I want a red strap because David Gilmore from Pink Floyd plays a red strap. 
And I mean, that, that lasted for a while, but now that, that I've started playing with the band and we have this, this three-piece setting, which I was talking about earlier, that allows more room, I've kind of, I've kind of done the, the opposite of what you'd expect I would do, where, where the guys will take some room in the rhythm instruments, and essentially, I've been trying to keep it simple and elegant, and I mean, listening to a little bit more of, of what these guys listen to, be it Celtic stuff, coming up with riffs on the 12-string, or stuff like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, where the bass and the, the, the rhythm line is really active, and you're trying to build a melody on top of it, so it's, it's been an adventure. I mean, I, I'm not sure I've, I've established a style yet. Um, definitely maybe a bit of a sound or, or a way of going about things, but I don't know, man. I just I just play with what feels right. Man, my answer's gonna suck now. It is. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> we should get for going last. We should have made you last. Like, um, you know what? Music was not a part of my life growing up. Um, we were into athletics, hockey, soccer. Socky, eh? Socky. Played a little bit of socky. Socky. Um, played a little bit of hawker. Um, <laughs> we, uh... Um... You know what? Like, music was sort of the soundtrack. It was just... We loved music, enjoyed it, but it was always in the background. It was never in the forefront. Um, my oldest daughter, however, really... Um, she's very artistic. Became enthralled with music. And uh, had asked me maybe to try to pick it up with her. And she'd asked to sort of play some drums. So um, I held a drumstick for the first time about four years ago. And, uh, no, I, I guess, yeah, about four years, five years ago now. It's about the same time as you try. And uh, the thing about me is that if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it all the way or not at all. Um, so I put a lot of hours in. I only did about a uh, half dozen lessons. Um, the guy was good, but I just sort of felt it wasn't progressing fast enough. I taught myself. Uh, and uh, that was back in Calgary and then when I moved here uh, about three years ago. Fire! They tried to take our lands. We stood straight, we stood tall, we screamed, fuck them all! What proud Canadians! I felt that the album felt like a live show while listening to it. So, uh, on your website, when you said that uh, you had. You kind of have to experience the live show to, to get what you're really about. So I thought we'd talk maybe about some of the live shows. And I saw that last summer you were kind of all over the place. So talk about maybe some of the shows that uh, you thought went really well, like what you enjoyed about it. Hannah Alberta was probably the crown jewel last summer. But the entire Alberta tour was fantastic. I mean, it's I can't really say that a particular show didn't go well, I guess. It's sort of, you know what I mean? It, it sounds sort of self-sufficient. Like like we're making ourselves sound great, but I can't... It, different shows had different feels. I mean, in Edmonton was very much more of a blue-collar feel, a blue-collar crowd, and it was it was neat. To, to interact with the people at the end of the show was fantastic. Calgary show had a different feel again. Um, Hannah was definitely, you know, very... Um, it was super cool. It was it was a lot of fun. People were really into it. Um, what was cool is we had a person, you know, come out from Calgary who saw us play in Calgary and then uh, three weeks later saw us play in Ottawa. And again, I mean, we had a, we, I thought we had a great show. Um, one of the comments he made was, holy shit, you guys in your home element are just so much better. It's, it's amazing to see. And I can't say I, I thought that, but... I guess it was neat to see us interacting with, you know, for lack of a better term, the, the home crowd. So, yeah, I mean, I, they were all great shows, but uh, I think the live thing is, is really neat because 
Um, watching, like, I get to sit behind the kit and watch everybody, so it's kind of neat, you know? Watching Phil get into the show is really cool and see him interacting with the crowd. Um, Trucker is generally pretty easygoing, you know, reserved kind of a guy, uh, but watching him really groove into with the bass is kind of neat, too, and, and uh, you know, we do all kinds of different things, like bringing people up on the stage, going out into the crowd. Um, yeah, it's... It, the live show is something different. We honestly have fun doing it. It's not about, you know, trying to sell something that's bullshit. It's about we have fun doing it. And I think that trans transpires onto the album and definitely even more so on the live show. We the trick, we the toe, we scream, fuck them all. We're proud Canadians. Constitution. Another principle that we abide to is, is definitely the fact that, you know, you'll see these bands and they'll play on stage and they don't really interact with the crowd. There's kind of like this gap as in we do our thing, you guys do our thing, and we kind of witness it. Um, we kind of like to mix it up I mean, when we play shows that there's a there's an interaction between us and the crowd. So I think that kind of energy translates well to pretty much any size of venue. Like we've done bigger shows, like Hanno was a bigger hall. That worked well, I mean, it's one of those stages that's raised up maybe four or five feet off the air, but you know, people get into it in a different way, but you got smaller venues like Avant Garde, which we're launching our CD there next week, and I mean, it's a fantastic little place, everybody's right up on the stage, or right in your face, I mean, some people just come up right up there, and you know, you can feel the energy, so I, I don't know, man, I mean, I think when you have fun with it, it doesn't matter if you're in the biggest venue or the smallest venue, as long as you can interact with a crowd in a way that's authentic, and, and you're not trying to fake it, you're genuinely having fun up there, people react to it, and it, it makes for a really good time. Do, do you crowd surf? No, I have I, I have not, no, I, I... Do I look like I crowd surf? <laughs> no, I have not crowd surf, no. Okay, fair enough. We bring out a drum, though. We yeah, we, we, we walk in, I, I walk into the crowd wearing a shirt for one of the songs, wearing a, a marching drum, a snare drum, and go around in the middle of the crowd, and uh, uh, in Hannah, that became an issue. That became an issue. I was maybe a little sexually harassed, it's okay, it's fine, I, I can't say I didn't enjoy it, but um, it was definitely interesting, but yeah, we, we get out and, like I said, bring people up. So why don't we get into... Uh... Some, some important stuff like you know, sends, halves, or reliefs. Sends. Know. See, what's not That's good right now? That's the end right of my now, answer. What's not good right now? That's the that end of my answer. Sends. It's, There's no it's need St. to Patrick, It's St. Patrick's Day. There's sure. been drinking going on, and this is the biggest dissension in this band. <laughs> <laughs> and and there's a game tonight between exactly. reliefs and sends. So. Exactly. Look, uh, this was sort of a this was funny because Trucker and I when we first before we even met. We were sending emails back and forth, and this whole hockey thing came up, and we were just chirping each other back and forth. Trucker's diehard Sens fan. Um, I'm a I'm a Leafs fan, um, but you know my. It's funny. We were at a game last week, and uh, with Buffalo playing Ottawa, and my youngest daughter is a Sens fan. Loves Spencer, loves loves the Senators, and uh, um, when Buffalo scored the, the, the final goal in shootout to win the game. She had tears literally streaming down her face. She was so upset and hurt that her Senators lost. And as a proud father, I looked at her and I said, Sweetheart, that is why I can never encourage you to be a Leafs fan. <laughs> because 
you have to accept loss. You know what? Being a Leafs fan has made me tough. I make it akin to that Johnny Cash song, A Boy Named Sue. True That's that. what made me tough in life was the fact that I got so picked on for being a Leafs fan. Well, what's that sign you saw the other day, the free beer thing? Yeah, it, I saw a sign at a restaurant and it said, um, free drinks, free food for every Leafs playoff game. Ah. <laughs> No, no, I'm a, die, I'm a diehard Leafs fan, man. I'm, I I'm a masochist, so I have to agree. Who are they? Masochist? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's Phoenix's team. Okay. Hi, this is Phil from Streets of Hastings, and check out our album release party, Friday, March 23rd at Avant Garde Bar in Ottawa. See you there. Holy See? Shit. I've been practicing that shit See? all week. <laughs> this is the only reason we have him around. Let's not kid each other. I'm a horrible guitarist. Everybody can play a root five chord. It's true. <laughs> but, you know. Is there any chance this is going to get played in Newfoundland? Because I can do a Newfie version of it. What do you have, boys? It's Peyton Harry. Get out here and I'll get your ass out of the house and come out the fucking show. Got it? All right. Speedballing 
I feel sick, it's all the same. Uh, so yeah, their their CD release party. If you're in the Ottawa area, they're at Avant Garde Bar, which is on Besserer Street. It's at 8 p.m. Um, you can hear my dog there. Anyway, uh, it's at 8 p.m. Tickets are ten dollars at the door. You're probably a little too late to buy them in advance, but they were eight dollars in advance. Anyway, uh, so that's tonight at eight o'clock. If you missed it. That's okay, because I will have a show review coming up. I'm going to have some pictures. I did this not too long ago when Capital Grass and the Nomad had a show, and it worked out pretty good, so look for that on the blog. And that's about it for me for time, because I'm way over my usual limit. So here is one last song, great Canadian band, the Great Lakes Swimmers, Everything is Moving So Fast.
Thanks for listening to Alternative Airwaves. If you like what you heard on the podcast, be sure to check out the blog for show notes for band information at alternativeairwaves.blogspot.com. Send us an email at altairwaves at gmail.com. Follow on Twitter at Airwaves Podcast. And check out Facebook on facebook.com slash alternativeairwaves.